Producer Doug here. I just want you to know this is the fifth time I'm trying to record this, so I'm just going to shoot from the hip. All of our DCC audio wants you to know about Pop Culture Classroom. Now, this is a great program. They take comic books uh, to elementary schools, jails, uh, to for like, you know, illiterate, barely literate children and, and, and prisoners and they they do they have many programs. I'm just making it sound terrible, so I'm sorry, um, but I want to get this through. Uh, <laughs> uh, it uh, is an education program uh, with more than 600 hours of educational programming. Basically, it envisions individuals transformed by the educational power of pop culture to create diverse, inclusive, and engaged communities. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little Paul Shear on this. Sorry. Look, it's a great program. And because of them, we're bringing you these great con exclusives from Denver Comic Con. So please, please check them out. I think they're great. I mean, don't... There are so many things between the spectrum of elementary schools and prisons. There's middle schools and high schools and colleges and halfway homes and a van, you know, down by the river um, that... They hope that homegrown pop culture experiences can change the communities that we live in. I want this to go global, viral, globally. So please, check out Pop Culture Classroom. Uh, I think that's, uh, where's the, uh, there it is. At www.popcultureclassroom.org. They're legit. And hey, Give them some money. You know why? Because you're not paying for this. Kick them a buck. Kick them a couple bucks. Where's my $2? Where it should go to Pop Culture Classroom. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Three of you guys who showed up all got the memo, huh? <laughs> They, they actually estimated that 130,000 people are going to be here over the weekend. I was thinking about it. I wanted to kind of promote things, so I, I kind of posted that, that there's 130,000 estimated fans going to be here. And then I rethought it. I just wait a minute. Just because it's estimated doesn't mean that they're all fans. And so I did some research, and three are not. Just so you know. Rest of you, I'm so glad you're here. We have a wonderful group of people backstage. I have about two or three things I'm going to say, and then I'm going to turn it over to our directress and amazing talent. So first of all, on the not-so-up-and-happy side, mostly because we all care, uh, our good friend Terry, who was Launchpad McQuack on DuckTales, his sweet wife has been battling cancer and passed away. We'd like to keep a good thought for Terry, whose uh, who's, who's two sons are also... Missing their mom and missing their sweetheart. Okay, now that we've got that out of the way, I'd like to then take a moment to say there are people all around this place in colored shirts that say volunteer. And uh, this is my third year invited back here. These people, there are over a thousand of them for all of us here. They make sure that people get where they're supposed to be on time, that what they need is there. Pretty much they run this thing, and without them, we'd be home doing our voices to the mirror. Okay? So I will forward no further, but you give a great round of applause for these guys. Okay, last year they were known officially as the best. This year they have a new title, the very best. 
Okay? So we love them. And, and, and also, if you see them, don't necessarily stop them to thank them, but maybe give them a thumbs up or something that you know they're working hard for not only us, but also for you. Okay? Third thing. Everybody here comes from all sorts of different backgrounds. How many of you here have a fantasy of being an actual voice performer at some point? Yes! Yeah? Okay? He's cool. We want you to understand that where you are now, we once were. And where we are now, hopefully some of you will be in the future. Not that we want to lose our jobs because we love doing this and we wouldn't do that. But understand that we understand that you come here to support us and that you have hopes and dreams too. And part of what we do here is not just for ourselves, but largely for you. Okay? You make it worthwhile for us to do this. That's a joke. Okay. Now. I have been in the voiceover business for 35 years, taking the 20 years out that it took me to commute on the Santa Monica freeway home one night. But I've had the great privilege of auditioning for the lady that I'm going to be introducing next, and she's going to introduce the cast, many of whom I know well, some of whom I don't know well, but since she's intimately worked with them, she knows them better than anybody here. I gotta tell you that it, the art of voiceover is part of a, a group effort, okay? A character design gives you something about the character because however he or she looks tells you about that person's character. So the the art of animation or special effects in any production gives you action and makes the story move. What the voice actors do, oh, forget, don't forget the script writer. When you look at this script, you'll see the printing in black and white. The script writer both gives you the, the skeleton of the character and then also gives you clues as to what the character is like in the writing. What a good director does is, a good director understands all of those elements. What the visual is, what the voiceover is going to be, what the script says, and what's going to happen. I'm coming. I'm coming. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> what the voice actors do is they give you the soul, the intercept character of what's going on and what the character really means. So this is going to be an opportunity for you not only to later hopefully ask questions, but see people at the top of their game control you with the magic of their performances. And so without further ado. The lady who's going to be in charge of this with an original script and an original cast, Andrea Romano. How nice to see you all. Thank you for being here today. Apologize about my voice. There was a cold vent over my head. We're going to do a table read for you. I'm going to introduce you to the Justice League.
us out as the voice of John Jones because Carl Lumley could not be here today. So Brian is going to voice the chorus. We're going to read for you a very, very special episode that was actually a three-part uh, arc called Star Crossed. We recorded this in February of 2003. Very long time ago we made this. Um, I've edited it down, so we're going to kind of run through it quickly, if you don't mind. Uh, and let us start at the beginning. You guys all ready? I'll see. No, I need to do some vocal warm-ups. Wait a minute. Oh, we're juggling a little bit. We have the handheld microphone that's script, so bear with us. We're stumble through it together. Are we a mic short? I'm right here. Oh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have, can we get Mike Pulitzer in here, please? <laughs> we open on the wall in Washington, D.C., on the Capitol building. Crouching on the roof is Batman. Below, we see guards escort visitors inside. Batman touches his comm link and says, The delegates from Casadia are just arriving. Any sign of trouble. <laughs> and Wonder Woman lands on top of the Washington Monument and scans the city. Nothing here. Flash dips in reports from the front of the White House. Zilch, not even a sleazy politician. John emerges and joins Flash. Flash says, Are you sure we need to be here? Batman is keeping a watchful eye. According to my sources, terrorists have targeted the International Peace Summit. Now they would have to do it during the playoffs. <laughs> One of these terrorists are already inside. I've got that covered. Inside the lobby, we see a pack of reporters. Michael starts off. Have any concessions been made? Maria, how close is the settlement? Brian. When can we expect an announcement? Amidst the throng, Clark Kent talks on his cell phone. Look, Lois, I know you'd give your IT for this assignment, but someone had to cover that sanitation strike. It winces and pulls the phone away from his ear. Don't blame me. Talk to Perry. In the skies over Washington, Hawk Girl swoops over to the Jefferson Memorial, and she hears... Hey there. She turns with surprise as Green Lantern flies in beside her. Hey yourself. <laughs> Are you supposed to be patrolling the North End? I thought I saw trouble over here. <laughs> Says, sure there is. <laughs> I'm looking right at it. And it gives her a quick kiss. <laughs> and then darts away as she says, you're bad. <laughs> you should know. And you should get back to work. But after we're done, let's get some takeout from the Chinese place near your apartment. Great. Uh, but this time, no real heads. And he flies off, she looks off after him and says, lightweight. <laughs> At a nearby Air Force base, we hear the air traffic officer say, General Wells, I'm picking up an unidentified bogey headed toward Washington. I've tried contacting it, but there's no response. The general turns to the communications officer. Scramble interceptors. I want visual confirmation. A squad of fighter jets peel away from camera. Roger that. <laughs> Go, Michael. 
instrument, a large blip moves dead center on his screen. In the clear skies, there's an odd ripple distortion where the blip should be, he says. That's you. Weird. Something's there, all right, but I can't make it out. General Wells turns back to the air controller. Still no response. No, sir, and it's entering DC airspace. He reacts grimly, saying, "Take it down." The launch stinger. The launch stinger missiles. They hit the unseen target. Explode with a blinding flash. The pilot says, "Direct hit." And then he sees a huge alien cruiser decloak. No way. The alien cruiser flies back. Uh, fires back. Atop the Capitol, Batman turns toward the sound of the battle, says, Report. Uh, Green Lantern and Hawker all fly toward the alien cruiser. One woman flies up to join them. GL reacts to the ship. Not exactly your garden variety terrorists. Hawker gates in amazement. It's a Gordanian Class 7 cruiser. A what? Watch out for the plasma cannons! A powerful blast from the cruiser knocks Green Lantern and Wonder Woman out of the sky together and... Ah! Flash sees his friends falling. Incoming! He runs in circles, creates a whirlwind updraft which cushions their fall. A herd of reporters surges, to, surges toward the door to get a better look at the debris falling outside. George, you're first. Did you see that? Kevin. Can you get the shot? Susan. Get the band. Tell him we're going live. Clark is, once he's alone, he pulls off his glasses, rips open his shirt, revealing the Superman S. Superman streaks into the sky to join Hawkgirl and John. She dodges another blast and calls out to the nice and loud Hawkgirl. I'll draw their fire! We'll take out the rear stabilizers. Wait! Don't! Superman and John loop and grab one of the stabilizers. They're zapped with high voltage energy. Together, and Hawk Girl grabs her fallen partners. As they start to recover, John looks up at the cruiser. Any other suggestions? A powerful energy beam slices down from the sky and slices through the rear half of the cruiser. Flash says, Whoa! The disabled cruiser crashes into the capital steps, explodes in flames. The League looks up as a Thanagarian warship, followed by an enormous armada, appears. Superman says, Looks like it's gonna be one of those days. Ba uh, Superman braces for action, Hawk Girl motions him back. No, wait! A shuttle launches from the uh, largest ship, uh, the next line is cut if you don't have it. The Justice League flips on the front lawn in front of the Capitol. An imposing helmeted soldier has wings. It's Commander Ro Thalek of Thanagar. The Justice League together goes. <gasps> Very good. <laughs> and of just the teaser. We're in Act One. Uh, Talon is joined by several other Thanagarian soldiers. Flash says, do you know these guys? Yes. She flies over, lands in front of Talek, salutes, and says, Welcome to Earth, Commander. Thank you, Lieutenant. Uh, she, he returns her salute, Lantern says. You gotta tell us what, exactly what's going on here? She turns to the whole league and says, This is Commander Rowe, Talek of Thanagar. Save the introductions for later. I must meet with your world leaders. The fate of this planet may hang in the balance. And we are now at the Executive Building Conference Hall. He addresses the assembled dis diplomats. Friends, we are here on a mission of great urgency. Five years ago, we secretly sent an advanced agent to Earth to learn more about your people and to study your defenses. That agent was Lieutenant Shiara Hall, better known to you as Hawker. Flash turns to Geo. You mean she's a spy? She was spying on us. Wait, take that fire. Yes, go back. Line. Michael. GL! <laughs> Again, 61. You mean she's a spy? Cool! <laughs> she was spying on us. Oh, yeah. Huh. And tell us, continue. Unfortunately, she discovered the Earth's defenses are sorely lacking. With your limited technology, you are totally unprepared for what is about to come. The greatest evil in the universe, our mortal enemies, the Gordanians, they have committed unspeakable atrocities, 
decimated world after world. And now, they are coming here. This will be the fate of the Earth unless you accept our help. And all the diplomats, Maria first. It's impossible. What can we do? I know you'll need to discuss this among yourselves, but be quick about it. We're your only hope for salvation. It's a short time later. When they're on the upper, upper level of the lobby, Green Lantern has pulled Hawkgirl aside so he can talk to her. Why all this time? Why didn't you tell me? John, there were so many times that I wanted to. But? This was a military mission. I'd sworn an oath of secrecy and I couldn't tell anyone. Not even me? I was following orders. You're a soldier. I think you'd understand. He gently reaches out, touches her arm, and says, So what else aren't you telling me? Well, actually, and we hear, Shayara, there you are. And he lands beside them. A hot girl pulls away from Green Lantern and says, Bro. Darling, at last. He takes hot girl in his arms, kisses her. GL is stunned. Talek apologetically turns to GL and says, Sorry. Brutal. He puts out his hand, GL reluctantly shakes it. The Green Lantern. Sorry, sorry, hold on, he's got one. John Stewart. <laughs> the Green Lantern. Shayara has told me so much about you. Ashley. <laughs> and, uh, you two are. Ro and I were promised to each other. It's like being engaged. Green Lantern nods to Talek, says. Congratulations! Uh, I'm sure you two must have a lot of catching up to do. And he walks away. <laughs> We're in the conference room. A short time later, military personnel gather around a large conference table. Superman and Wonder Woman stand at the head of the table. Green Lantern and Flash stand at the back of the room. <coughs> General Wells. Brian. Alright, let's clean my microphone for a moment, okay? <laughs> Alright, but can we, can we trust the Thangarians? We don't know anything about them. We know they came here and risked their own lives to help us. Yeah, like angels from heaven? Sorry, princess. I'm not buying it. It does seem almost too good to be true. She turns to argue with Superman when Wonder Woman says, But if Earth really is in danger, we can hardly afford to turn away help. Flash turns to the Green Lantern. I can't believe they're still discussing this. It's a such a no-brainer, right? Yeah. And he walks away. Again he walks away. Green Lantern steps into the hallway and lowers his head. He looks like a man defeated. Suddenly he hears... The most mysterious creatures in the universe. Batman standing there. Sorry? Women. <laughs> Let me tell you about women. <laughs> Not another Catwoman story. Because Batman The point is, 
Stuff happens. <laughs> you just have to deal with it. Yeah, thanks. Keep that in mind. And Splash is standing there and finally figures it out as he says, Wait, you and Hawk Girl? <laughs> Get out! <laughs> and he thinks about it, and then he realizes it's kind of weird and says, <clears throat> Really? Do not ask me about the wings. <laughs> Commander Talek, the world leaders have come to a decision. Earth gladly accepts your assistance. Very good. We'll begin immediately. And he turns back to Hawkgirl, says, I'm sorry, darling. Duty calls. And he takes her hands, looks into her eyes, and says, But I want you to come with me and act as an official liaison with the natives. Your experience with them may come in handy. Of course. Uh, and uh, Hawkgirl says to John as she sees him, John, we have to talk. There's nothing to talk about. But I wanted to explain about Crow and me. Yeah, um, I'm a little busy right now. And he flies away. He flies away. Superman and John land near this huge steel framework carrying pieces of complex machinery. They set it in place, Superman says. Quite a project. This generator's going to be the side of a city. It has to be. It has to be. It's got to sustain a force field strong enough to protect Earth from the Cordelians. Flash zips in beside Hawkgirl. I don't care what you see in that guy. I mean, sure, he's big, strong, and ridiculously good-looking. <laughs> so what? It doesn't make him some kind of hero. And in this crowd, we hear the sound of this plaintive bleating. A little kid goat is dodging between the rumbling bulldozers. Crow swoops down, snatches up the lost goat, lands next to Hawkeye and Flash, hands the small kid to Flash. Kid is a goat kid. Hands it to Flash and says, Here. Look after this little one. And flies away. Hawkgirl gives Flash a look. Flies off after him. Uh, Flash looks at the little kid in his arm and says, Fine. But I still don't like him. <laughs> we push in on the watchtower, Wonder Woman. What exactly are you trying to prove here? Batman is hunched over the body of a Gordanian doing a CSI-style autopsy. What, <laughs> what exactly are you trying to prove here? <laughs> She's fearing more racial. Think about it. A single ship attacks a major city. Then the Thanagarian Armada coincidentally shows up to save us. I don't believe in coincidences. So, how is this going to help? You don't know anything about Gordanian physiology. No, but I know a frozen liver when I see one. What? The crew of this ship was dead long before the Thanagarian shot them down. I think we've been set up. We're over DC at uh, 182, Kevin. You ready? Diana, I was right. The Gordanians are nowhere near Earth. Uh, they're up in the watchtower. One woman up monitors his call. The Thanagarians are. Oh! And we aren't seeing him, so we don't know what it is. One woman calls out. Batman? Come in. Can you hear me? Uh, Superman is welding a large armature into place with his heat vision. Superman reacts to a beep in his ear. He activates his comm link. Superman? Batman found evidence that the Thanagarians are lying. She's at the command console. He went ab aboard their command ship, but he's been captured and... And suddenly the whole watchtower is rocked by an explosion. Great hell. They're here at the watchtower. He sees that the bay doors are opening. The attack shuttles are landing. The landing bay's opening. 
They must have our access codes. We'll be right there. Uh, when she reaches the bay, four Thanagarian soldiers are ready for her. The hawk soldiers fan out. She's hit from the side. Ah! And then faints. Diamond's in trouble. Get to the channel. Fast. And before they can reach it, suddenly it's blasted by a powerful beam. The forest blast bas uh, bashes Flash off his feet. Ah! But he gets caught in a construct that Green Lantern's ring creates. Ah! Thank you. Nearby Hawkeye <laughs> flies over. What are you doing? We can't let your friends jeopardize our mission. And uh, Lantern shields his friends from the Thanagarian and says, Take them out! Fast and hard! Flash rushes in and knocks aside one of the bad guys. Hands off, Tweety! Because <laughs> <laughs> they have wings. <laughs> and uh, the Hawk soldiers fire synthetic kryptonite beam at Superman, scores a direct hit. Uh, Flash sees Superman fall, dashes over with concern. Jeez, what the hell did you win? Superman wins as he can't move. Feels like... Kryptonite. Talak summons in reinforcements. Fire the gravity beam. Flash looks up, sees his feet sinking into the earth. He's pinned to the ground. Can't move. Green Lantern throws an aura over them, tries to tow them to safety. I'll get you out of here. Thank you, please hold. Uh, a bolt streaks through the sky. It spreads uh, over this dome-like energy field that surrounds the construction site. Green Lantern flies right into the force field. Oh! It's the ground. Mm. He starts pounding his fist on the force field. Hawk <laughs> girl flies into the sea and lands beside him. Don't fight us. We're trying to help you. He glares at her. Do you ever stop lying? She approaches him closer. It was for your own good. You've got to trust me. He raises his ring, points it at her. What? Whose side are you really on? And she sadly lowers her head and says, Don't you know? He relaxes his guard for a moment, and then she swings her mace right at him. Oh. Ha! And he slumps to the ground unconscious. <clears throat> she says, I'm sorry, John. Very good. We are now in part two. The Justice League. This is going really badly for us. <laughs> it's not going well. Uh, the Justice League are holed up in a thrift shop in a department store of sorts. Sur Superman says, Hawk soldiers are still patrolling the skies. Who knows? Maybe they'll get tired and go home. And they all just stare at him for a beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. A little optimism at a time like this couldn't hurt. We hear a voice come over to PA this is the Vanagarian. This is the voice of the Vanagarian Occupational Authority. Your so-called Justice League is in violation of our martial law. They are to be considered an enemy and dealt with on sight. Any person found aiding or harboring them will be summarily punished. And the Justice League has been hearing this threat. Flash says, Okay, so much for optimism. <laughs> for the time being, we're going to have to go underground. How exactly do we hide when the entire planet is looking for us? And Batman looks over, there's clothes on racks there, and he says, They're looking for the Justice League. Without our costumes, we're merely ordinary citizens. Hold on a second. What about the whole secret identity thing? I mean, I trust you guys, but I'm not sure I'm ready to... And Batman points to various members of the team, and he says, Wally West. Clark Kent. And he removes his own cowl and says, Bruce Wayne. Oh, and Flash. Yeah. And Flash just stares at him in disbelief, and after a long moment, he mutters, Show off. <laughs> he removes his mask, revealing a bushy head of red hair. Diana playfully touches his hair and says, Red hair? It suits you. <laughs> 
You think? Thanks. Back at the gets toss and close to all the Justice League. Change now. On the street later, the League tentatively makes their way from the store. They're all dressed in civilian clothes. So be honest. It just made me look fat. Man, you wear a skin-tight step. We need to split up. They'll be looking for six of us, not pairs. We're about 30 miles from Gotham City. We can regroup at my house there, but try and keep a low profile. 30 miles to hawk-infested territory, no problem. Very good. We are now on an elevated train platform. Wally and John are online for the train. Wally says, I can't believe Bats is really Bruce Wayne. You'd think a billionaire playboy could crack a smile every once in a while. <laughs> and John Stewart looks around at all the hawks who are searching. I cannot believe how easily they've taken over. They're everywhere. Look, GL, Hawk will fool us all. Can't blame yourself for what's happened. I don't. I blame her for what's happened to her. And only blame myself for caring about her. And John Stewart and Wally are trapped in this line moving toward the checkpoint as Hawk Soldier 3 pivots as. Um, You're 179. Hey, keep moving. Have your identity card ready. Wally says, what are we To who? To me. Do it again, sorry. What, what are we going to do? And they're almost at the front of the line. Clark comes bursting in saying, Excuse me, uh, Clark Kent of the Daily Planet. I'd like to ask you a few questions. As they surge forward out of the crowd. We understand that Thanagarians are doing construction at a restricted location in the Gobi Desert. Can you confirm this? And John has a camera. He's snapping pictures. The sh soldiers shield their eyes from the bright lights of the flash. Hey, get that contraption away from here. <laughs> and, and just exactly how long do you plan on enforcing martial law? No more questions. Go away. Immediately. Can I quote you? Very good. <laughs> and now we're going to do a really big cut to part three. Uh, we're Wayne Manor. We're watching the TV where Snapper Car is reporting. This is Snapper Car reporting. In a stunning turn of events, the Thanagarian forces have ended their occupation of Earth, departing for locations unknown. Hawkgirl is sadly watching the TV. Once again, the world owes a debt of gratitude to the selfless heroism of the Justice League. Alfred enters with a tea tray. Uh, Hawkgirl looks into the, at the closed doors and says to Alfred, They've been in there a long time. Yes, miss, they have. Inside the library, the rest of the League is in heated discussion. She exploited our weaknesses, betrayed us. Come on! She was in the ultimate no-win situation. When push came to shove, she came through for us, just like always. Believe me, I feel for her. But after everything that's happened, I honestly don't know if I could ever completely trust her again. Batman Stan? We're arguing in circles. It's time to take a vote. Uh, Alfred comes in to Hawkgirl and nods at her and says, They've sent for you, miss. Thank you, Alfred. And she goes inside the library, speaks, uh, sees the entire group facing her. Superman steps forward. Hawkgirl. Before you start, I have something to say. I came to this planet as a patriot. I had a mission, and I carried it out. What I couldn't know was that I would come to care for the Earth and her people. That I'd come to care for all of you. I've spent the last five years torn between my feelings and my duty. I won't ask you to do the same. Therefore, I am resigning from the Justice League, effective immediately. And she walks toward the door. As she passes, Flash grabs her hand, pulls her into a brotherly hug. She disengages and walks out of the room. There's an uncomfortable moment. Flash speaks. Great. No hawk girl, no javelins, no watchtower. 
What's going to happen to the league now? If we all just walk away? No. We rebuild. Starting today. The world still needs us, and we'll never let it down. It's our duty. It's a short time later. Green Lantern steps outside where Hawkgirl is getting ready to leave. You never asked how we vote. It doesn't matter. So, uh, where are you going to go? I don't know. Some place where the fate of the world isn't in my hands. Some place where there are no more secrets, no more lies. Was it all the lie? She turns and looks right at him. I love you, John. I never lied about that. She spreads her wings, flies off into the dawn as John says, I love you too. And that's that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I just wanted to know, 
like if you guys felt like you had more liberties with your characters when it comes to voice acting or like stage acting? Well, there's a freedom when you're in the booth, actually. When you're, there is a certain freedom, I find, with your imagination. But I have to be honest, the, the writers and the producers really want you to stick to the script. They, they've spent time creating these stories. So they want you to be faithful to the script. But don't you find that it's very liberating to be in the booth? I can, I, I can get much more emotional and much more in touch with my emotions in there. Anybody else stage work want to respond to that question? I like to do Shakespeare because he's dead. <laughs> so he can't tell me not to switch it up every once in a while. Uh, the, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of depends on the show. A show that is so uh, plot-driven, like like, uh, like the Justice League, I think you have to stick, stick to the script because you're, you're really serving the story, you know, and, uh, and, and in this sense, the, um, you know, and, and we're talking about switch up Gordanians and Thanagarians. Exactly, exactly. You know, and you're talking about these archetypal characters. I mean, it's Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. Word. You, you know, you know. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, what's fun is, and we all do this, is Andrea is an amazing director. She really is. There's nobody better than that. Do you do? <laughs> 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 
Check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.